Welcome to our Sunday School service this morning. Bonnie and Max at the minute are laying stepping stones on our path for you this morning because we're going to be going on a journey. We're going to be thinking about the journey the children have been taking um, over this last year with the Sunday School, the things they've been learning about. And we would like to invite you to come with us on that journey. I know that when people talk about life being a journey, it's, uh, it can be quite a cliche. People say it all the time. But I think the reason it's a cliche is because it's true. And there's a lot of truth in that. So we would invite you to come with us. In a moment, after a short reading, we're going to go in a procession which the children will lead, first of all, three times around the room. And then they will invite you to come and join them. So if you feel able to do that, we would invite you to come with us on our journey. But first of all, Carl, Sarah and Fergus are going to read. Here in this place, new light is streaming. Now when the darkness vanished away, seeing the space our feet and our dreamings brought here to you in this light of this day. Gather us in the lost and forsaken. Gather us in the blind and the lame. Call to us now and we shall awaken. We shall arise at the sound of your name. We are the young, our lives are a mystery. We are the old who yearn for your face. We have been sung throughout all of history, called to be like to the whole human race. Gather us in the rich and the haughty, gather us in the proud and the strong. Give us our hearts so meek and lowly, give us the courage to enter the song. Not in the dark of the buildings confining, not in some heaven light years away, but here in this place, the new light is shining. Now is the kingdom, now is the day. Gather us in and hold us forever. Gather us in and make us your own. Gather us in, all peoples together, fire of love in our flesh and our bone. Traveling alone, just can't wait, just can't wait for my nice warm bed. For my nice warm bed, I can hear my pillow call, I can hear my pillow call, and it's calling to my head. And it's calling to my head. Then I met somebody, one of my friends, Jolly Jenny. Hello, how are you? And we walked.
beach with God and many scenes from my life flashed across the sky. In each scene I noticed footprints in the sand. Sometimes there were two sets of footprints, other times there was only one set of footprints. This bothered me because I noticed that during the low times in my life, when I was worried, sad or felt defeated, these were the times I could only see one set of footprints. So I said to God, You promised me, Lord, that if I followed you, you would walk with me always. But I've noticed that during the hardest parts of my life, there's only one set of footprints in the sand. Why, when I needed you most, have you not been there for me? And God replied, those times when you see only one set of footprints in the sand, those are the times I carried you. In the wilderness you saw how the Lord your God carried you. As a father carries his son, all the way you went until you reached this place.
going to read a story to us. It had been a very long day. Jesus and his disciples had been out teaching about God and performing miracles. Many people followed them, and Jesus spent the rest of the day teaching and feeding 5,000 people. When the day was over and the crowds were leaving, Jesus told the disciples to go and find their boat and go back to the other side of the lake. When everyone had left, Jesus went up to the mountainside to, by himself to pray. When Jesus, had, when Jesus had finished praying, it was early in the morning, probably around 3 or 4 a.m. He came to the shore where the disciples had left some time earlier. He could see the boat, but it was quite far away. The wind had taken him faster across the lake than usual. Jesus knew that he had to get to the other side of the lake and join the disciples. I'm sure he could have swam, flew, or jumped across the lake. It's Jesus we're talking about. He could have done anything he wanted. But he decided that he could teach the disciples something, so he started to walk on the water towards their boats. Not sure if you've ever tried walking on water, but it's impossible. Keep in your mind the water was very deep. I bet some of the fish even noticed Jesus and stopped to watch the miracle. So Jesus walked and walked and finally he was close enough to the disciples so that he could see each one of them on the boat. All of a sudden one of the disciples said, What is that? He pointed out into the water and all the disciples turned around to see what was out there. I think it's a ghost. What else could it be? A few of the disciples said, terrified. They had all come to one side of the boat to see the strange thing on the lake, and the boat has had, and the boat suddenly got tipsy, and some of the disciples fell back into the boat to steady it and and keep it from completely tipping over. Jesus could see and hear the confusion. He shook his head and called out. It's all right, I'm here, do not be afraid. The disciples looked at each other and felt silly that they thought their teacher was a ghost. Then Peter replied, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said with his hand reaching out to him. The disciples watched as Peter carefully got out of the boat and began to walk on water towards Jesus. Peter watched Jesus at first, but then started noticing the wind and the small waves in the water and looked around with worry. As soon as Peter started to be scared, he started to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him, for he was totally covered in water. You have such little trust for me, Peter, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Peter walked to the boat with Jesus by his side and wondered to himself why he got so afraid. He knew that Jesus could do anything. It seems as soon as he took his eyes off Jesus, he started to think about other things, and that's when he began to sink. As soon as Jesus got into the boat, the wind stopped and the water was calm. Then everyone in the boat worshipped Jesus, saying, Truly, you are God's Son. I wonder what it was like on the boat. I wonder what was the sea rough. I wonder what the disciples were doing. I wonder were they tired. I wonder were they scared when they saw Jesus walking towards them. I wonder would you be scared. I wonder where Peter got the courage to step out of the boat. 
I wonder where we get our courage to step from step out. I wonder how scared Peter felt when it went wrong. I wonder how scared you would be. I wonder what it was like when Jesus held out his arm. I wonder. with them, I hope. Do you want to put your backpack on? Put your backpack on next, because we are going on a journey. And bring it over here, and we'll come and we'll sit down in a circle, okay? Good. You bring your spot in. Right. So we had a wee think in the Sunday school about what we might want to bring for our journey. If we were going on a journey, if life was a bit like a journey, what would we bring? And I think Bonnie is ready to show us what she's brought. What? What have you brought, Bonnie? My blankie. Your blankie. And sheepy. And sheepy. Bonnie had brought a lot with her. And a bracelet. <laughs> and a little owl. And a car. And a car as well. Do you want to hold it all up? <laughs> and blue dummy. So why did you bring these things with you, Bonnie? Are they special? Yeah. yeah. What does blankie and blue dummy help you do? They help her sleep. Okay, that's really important. And do they help you feel safe? Yeah. And what do you like about your car? Uh, it comes home. Uh, it got doors. 
It got lost, did it? And you found it again? Yeah. Well, well done. Thank you, Bonnie, for all those lovely things you brought. Sarah, do you want to show us what's in your bag? <laughs> Hold it up high so everybody can see. Okay, why did you bring those with you? Um, to symbolise laughter. Okay, she wanted to symbolise laughter because I think the Bino and the Bass Street kids make Sarah laugh and she thought she should have some laughter on life's journey, yeah? Okay, Carl, what have you brought with you? This picture symbolises water, earth, um, water, earth, fire, and wind. This is a picture that Carl did himself. And why did you bring that with you, Carl? Um, that to uh, all together makes my soul. Did people hear that? That all together that makes his soul. Freya, what have you brought? Hold it up high. I brought a locket shaped in a heart to symbolise love for life's journey. Thank you. Okay, Fergus, what have you got? Um, I've brought some fruit. Okay. Why have you brought fruit with you, Fergus? Um, so, so that we don't run out of food. So we don't run out of food. That's very important. And nice healthy food as well. Very good. I brought a torch. You brought a torch? Why have you brought a torch, Rory? So that you can see in the dark. Excellent. That sounds really good. Can you put it on for us? Let's see it shine. Very good. Hold it up high. Very good. Thank you. So is that a, a torch that you have to make work yourself? A hard work torch, too. My torch. Oh, so Bonnie's got a button on her torch. So Aiden, do you want to show us what you brought? A, a softy toy that symbolises caring. A, so a soft toy that symbolises caring. Do you want to hold it up really high? Is that a Minecraft cuddly toy? Yeah. Okay, Max, what have you got in your bag? I'll hold this and open up your bag. Let's see what you've got. Max has got a great bag in itself, it has to be said. <laughs> and it fits my cap. Yeah, I was wearing the cap earlier, yep. I don't go, maybe, Okay, what have you brought? How the Grinch stole Christmas. Okay, so you brought some books. Why did you bring these books with you, Max? To keep company. Keep you company, something to do on the journey, yeah? Yeah. Do you like doctors? Yeah? Yeah. Is he funny? Yeah. Oh, that's very good. Well, I brought my bag too today. Oh, I don't need that, do I? I have brought in my bag a photograph. Because I and it's a photograph of some friends. Because I decided that I really wanted to go on my journey with some friends as well. I would find it really hard to go through life without any friends. And this is a photo. Oh, you'll laugh in a minute, Bonnie. This is a photo of my 17th birthday, and your mummy is one of them. Yeah? So there we go. You can all have a look later, but maybe not. I think I'm, I need to look better than me, so maybe not. Maybe I'll okay, thank you very much. Is it not in there? Well, let's see if we find Bonnie. There it is. Okay. Let's go back and sit down in our seats.
things the Sunday School have been doing this year with Fiona was thinking about people that inspire them, people that they admire. And I know that they talked about Nelson Mandela and Mother Teresa and Martin Luther King. And one of the things we've done recently as well is to think about the story of Abraham and Sarah and how God promised them that they would see their descendants and generations going ahead of them like stars in the sky. And we thought that some of these people that Fiona talked to you about, do you remember, were like bright stars in the sky, didn't we? And we thought that actually each of us are like stars in the sky. So now we're going to change our path from being a path on solid ground to a path up in the sky. And we've asked some people to have a wee think in advance about who some of the bright stars for them are. And Ken is going to come first and tell us about some stars from the Bible that he's thought of. But there we are. Uh, first of all, I thought of David, uh, who, in fact, if we recall, um, was actually the, the little man that stood up against the giant Goliath. And although he was still very young, he could do great things for God. So that's my first start. And the second one, which is an old Testament story again, is, is Daniel. And Daniel, of course, is remember Daniel in the, in the lion's den. And he dared to stand up for his beliefs, and he was thrown in among the lions, and yet he survived despite all the dangers. So that was Daniel, the second hero. And, and the, the third one that I've got was, was Peter. Uh, Peter was a kind of mercurial character, as I think we all know, and maybe a bit like some of us anyway, and yet uh, he was a, an ordinary fisherman from Galilee, but Jesus trusted in him, and eventually Peter, uh, the church was founded on Peter. So, Thank you, Ken. And then uh, Leanne was thinking about some famous people that she admires. Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah three famous people who... Actually, in hindsight, the children are probably never heard of. Uh, where will we go with first? A man called Bob Geldof, who I'm sure I've spoken to you about before, who, bless him, can't sing, but is famous for being, <laughs> but is famous for being a singer, but used that platform to do amazing things, significant things, let's say that, uh, throughout the world, and to raise the profile of how people throughout the world live and how we don't all live the same. So Bob Geldof is one. Uh, second is a lady who went to church as a little girl and who I don't think enjoyed it very much. And her name was Jeanette, Jeanette Winterson. She had a very hard time at home and church didn't help much with that. But she took the things she learned as a little girl and she has used them incredibly and possibly not how anybody had predicted. And she writes, and she talks about lots of things. So Jeanette Winterson, great, wonderful woman. That's one. Thank you. And the, and the last, I don't know where this came from. Uh, the last is a lady called Mo. Now, Mo was an extraordinary woman because she was Secretary of State for Northern Ireland. Not a glamorous job. In fact, how dare a woman get that job? And... <laughs> And she was a woman who sometimes said naughty words and people were raging in Northern Ireland that a woman would come and tell them what to do. But she did the most incredible work. And her gift, um, as well as starting peace in Northern Ireland, was an incredible play park. <laughs> and if you're ever in Belfast, 
It's an incredible thing. I know that sounds very insignificant, but it's really not. She brought peace and an incredible space where kids and families could play together. And also, it's not always big people, it's not always the people in the Bible that we hear about, it's not always famous people, sometimes they're people that maybe only us and a few other people know about, and Ailey's going to tell us about some of her stars. So these are ones the kids definitely won't know. Um, my first star is my mum, Shona Primrose, um, who taught me and my brothers how to love in the way that she loved us, and I always admire her for that and take that into my life. Um, so that's one, if you want to go put that down somewhere. Um, the second star is my gran, Marjorie Primrose, who has this unending curiosity for life, which has kept her incredibly young at 92, um, and is still, you can find her on Facebook <laughs> and Amazon, and she loves being shown YouTube videos and just learning anything new about the world. Um, so she's a bit of an inspiration to me as well. And the third one is Rona Hastings, who's my best friend, and... Honestly, what I admire most is her sense of humour, but also her strength of faith, which has taken her to leave her job and go off and study and her uh, study in America and just her kind of constant quest for further and greater understanding. Um, so I admire her for that. Thank you. And then finally, Neil is going to tell us about some stars from the church here. That's the first one. The Evening Times described her as the angel with the teapot. Most of us knew her as Jessie Swan, and the Evening Times had calculated tens of thousands of cups of tea that she had poured in the church, in particular in Friday Friendship. Uh, she lived in Cecil Street, and she spent her entire life in Byers Road and wandering around the church and coming in and out of the church, and she had the gift of conversation. She was in many ways a very ordinary person, and that's why she was able to connect with people and become extraordinary as a result. Her cups of tea, of course, led to conversations, both serious and everyday, and uh, Jessie Swan certainly was one of my great heroes. About 110 years ago, moving on to my next star, there was a little girl um, of about five in the Sunday school, and her name was Ellen Clough. Um, many of us will remember her. Uh, her mother taught her her faith, really, she learned her faith at her mother's knee, as she put it. Mummy said, you know how mummy loves you, Ellen. Well, mummy's love is like a candle, but God's love is like the sun. Um, a few years later, when she was 10, she went to a seaside mission in Dunbar, and she felt that God was calling her to be a missionary to Alaska. Well, maybe being called to be a missionary, perhaps, but she never ended up in Alaska, she studied medicine at Glasgow University, and uh, then she did a placement looking after babies, um, newborn babies, in the Rotten Row area. And she was appalled at the social conditions in Glasgow at that time. We're talking here about the 1920s, when quite literally, she told me, the baby was being bathed in the frying pan. Well... Um, she became a missionary to China, leaving Hillhead in 1928, and the mission was closed three times under horrific circumstances. It was closed by the nationalists, it was uh, closed again by the Japanese, and then finally closed by the communists. And she endured 
some astonishing events. A soldier came up to her telling her that they were going to close the hospital now and blow it up because they'd come to liberate them. And she tried to reason with the man, but it was to no avail. So the mission was finally closed. Coming out of retirement, by now she was well into her 60s, she went to Rennie's Mill Hospital in Hong Kong and did cataract operations. An interesting feature of this was that she had to be very strict with the nurses because some of the equipment was not being properly sterilized. Uh, so she, this went against her natural kindness, but she felt she had to be strict. Um, Ellen Clough, quite a remarkable woman. Another uh, lady from the church was Miss Buchan, Miss Isabel Buchan. She had the gift of meaningful conversation, and there seemed to be a very profound, rather sad side to her because two of her brothers had been killed in the Great War, and her response was to devote her life to Christian youth work, which she did in Govan. Um, in the Pierce Institute where she ran dances. Now, at that time, she was heavily criticized for running a Christian youth club with dances. But her argument was, start where the people are and take them to where they should be. Her catchphrase was, the Christian faith is caught, not taught. You should have found when you came in a star and a pencil um, does anybody still need a star and a pencil? I think some extra seats went down. Has everybody got one? Oh, and she was getting a couple. We'll get some more out. What I'd invite you to do now is, um, is to think for yourself about who your star might be that you'd like to place on our, on our path that we see. Have a think. That, that could be somebody famous. It could be somebody from the Bible. It could be somebody only you know. It could be somebody from this church. It could be absolutely anything. Have a think about your person. Write their name down and come and lay it on the path. If you don't want to lay it, wave it in the air and one of the children will help you put it down. and Bonnie and Anita are going to help me with. And in Sunday school, we pray lots of different ways. Sometimes we pray using actions. Sometimes we pray with our eyes closed. Sometimes we pray with our eyes open. Sometimes we make things. Today I'd invite you to pray with your eyes open as Max, Bonnie, Anita and I are going to start at the very top of our line of stars. Okay? Thank you, God, for Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Thank you for Mum and Dad. Thank you for Gwyneth White. Thank you for Nelson Mandela. Thank you for Shirley. Thank you for John. 
Thank you for my parents. Thank you, God, for Margaret, for Mother. Thank you, God, for Jonas. Thank you, God, for Charles Kennedy. Thank you for Reverend Ralph Martin. Thank you for Nancy. Thank you for William. Thank you for Katie, for Helen, for Auntie Biddy, for Jamie, for Terry. Thank you, God, for Kenny, for Agnes, for Mary, and for Janice. Thank you, God, for Esther. Thank you for Esther and the smile she so freely gives to others. Thank you, God, for Merida. Thank you for Merida, for her pretty wellies, her life-giving nature and deep love for her family. Thank you, God, for Lewis. For the sparkle in his eye and the way he shares his rice cakes. Thank you, God, for Bonnie, for her zest for life, for dancing, and for cheetahs. Thank you, God, for Max, for his enthusiasm, his curiosity, and his love of cycling. Thank you, God, for Rory, for his earnest concentration and for his giggles. Thank you, God, for Aidan for his love of animals and his care for the younger children. Thank you, God, for Fergus, for his careful listening and his clever recall. Thank you, God, for Sarah, for her encouragement to others and her creativity. Thank you, God, for Carl, for his determination to understand the how and the why. Thank you, God, for Freya, for her deep thoughts, her truth, and for the twinkle in her eye. And thank you, God, for Leo, who can't be here today, for his compassion, his understanding, and his great knowledge. And thank you, too, God, for the children who sometimes join us in Sunday school, for Glory and Atlanta, for Jessica, for Ailey, for Robbie, Harry, Sadie, and Layla, for Ollie, Charlotte, Elizabeth, Alex, and Robert. Thank you, God, that they share their journeys with us. And we pray, God, that you will be with them as they make their next journeys, wherever they may be, whether they're going to a new school, or just to a new class, or just to a new nursery. But first, that they have a wonderful time on their holiday. Amen. Now, of course, children, at this time as well, the church likes to say thank you to you. In the olden days, it would have been the prize-giving service, and I was tempted to maybe make up a prize for each of you, which would have been quite funny, but we decided we would just give you all a book anyway. (laughs) So, I think there's maybe been some peeking in my box already. Well, let's have a look. Oh, I carry it over. Thank you. Rory? Would you like to give this book, where's Rory, this book to Carl, please? Thank you. And Carl, 
Would you like to give this book to Freya? Sarah, would you like to give this book to Esther? Aidan, would you like to give this book to Bonnie? Oh, my post-it notes are getting messed up. It could all go horribly wrong any minute now. <laughs> Freya, would you like to give this to Merida? Thank you. And Carl, could you give this one to Lewis, please? Fergus, would you like to give this to Max? Sarah, would you like to give this one to Rory, please? And Freya, give this one to Fergus. Rory, would you give this one to Aidan? And Aidan, would you give this one to Sarah? Thank you. And Max, this one's for Leo, so should we give it to Paul here to give to Leo? And now we're going to sing the last hymn together, which is number 150, You Shall Go Out With Joy. shine warm upon your face, the rain fall soft upon your fields and may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen.
think it's good as we, the children, move away into their future and as we move into our own futures to thank everybody who's worked in Sunday school over the last year. Um, long before I was a minister, I was a Sunday school teacher and it's very much a Cinderella task. You just quietly get on with what you do and the church is largely unaware of it. But I don't know about you, but I have been so encouraged this morning that these are children who are coming to understand the world they live in, to understand what love and sharing is about, and to understand the place of God within their lives. So thank you to the teachers and to the rotor helpers. I'm not going to say names because I will miss somebody. I always do. But thank you so much. And thank you, children. You really are the church of today. And I pray that you will still be the church of tomorrow.